Hi everyone, now we are about 50 minutes late because Instagram decided to kick me out of the app so I do apologise for everyone that's been waiting um, let me just invite Helen, if I can find it, if it works <coughs> I do apologise, my throat is a bit scratchy today Oh, Hello. <laughs> oh my word! I, you got there eventually. My blood pressure has been through the roof for the last forty minutes. I swear to God. <laughs> oh my days! Right. I think they're trying to shadow ban a lot of people from trying to get the truth out. I just think they picked the perfect time to lock me out of the account when they knew I was going to go live because they had it on my profile. I'm absolutely fuming. Yeah, oh, they've done it to quite a few others that have tried to go live as well. Yeah, so they shut down um, Samantha Brown and Alex Betts in the last week, and they've shut down yeah. so many other people that I can't even keep count, to be honest, because... Yeah, but we keep coming back, that's the thing, like, we're exactly. not going to be... Exactly, we can try, but they're not going to shut us up. No. <laughs> Where are my questions? I'm not prepared, because it was just literally last minute, I was like, I'm, I'm back on! Right. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um... We'll just jump straight into it because I think there's people that have been waiting. So, um, okay. So, um, can you give us a brief description on how you've come about to, you know, telling your story, like how it was that everything started, um, you know, with the calls yeah. and things like that with the kids? Yeah, I think it's, it's very complex. <laughs> but the point I'm at at the minute is, the end of March or mid-March, I can't remember when it was. After four years of court, they turned around and said, right, no more contact with the children. Mm -hmm. um, um, because they want the dad to see the children without, they're saying there's too much influence in me, they've got too much of a connection with myself and that's stopping it. Yeah. But the, the true account is that, you know, he was very abusive to the children He's still doing these things and, you know, so going back to, and I've got four children, um, you know, the youngest one is six and the eldest one's 13. Um, and there's two in between. Am I right? Um, two boys, two girls? Yeah. yeah. And so I think the abuse started with the eldest one probably when she was three-ish was what I can remember and that's when he whipped her with a belt so she had like a massive like welt across her leg um, and then it slowly went more from then and then she started to get more defensive so she was very outspoken which she didn't like yeah. um, but there was problems you know he used to hit the children on the head a lot hard you know really hard on the top of their head um, you know he had guns which he used illegally so they were illegally overpowered. They had illegal bullets. And it wasn't just that he shot, like, the rabbits down the cricket club and things. You know, he, he would take it to the golf course. He shot my car and my house. You know, he shot my neighbor's house and their car after an argument. You know, it was a shoot. So that we're in a normal town, an affluent town. It just doesn't go on in our area, you know. He's not a farmer or... Everything. It, it was there for control, really. Yeah. Um, and he made the children shoot the guns, but he would always leave the guns around loaded as well. Or he'd bring them into the house. 
um, to frighten them. But, you know, it, it was a thing that he did daily. It wasn't just like one-off isolated things he would do to them. You know, we would make them all cry individually every day. Like, And he worked nights. So really, they only saw him at dinner time because in the daytime he was asleep all day. Nights he was at work. And at the weekends, he didn't spend hardly any time with us. Yeah. Luckily, to be honest. Which is probably why the marriage did last as long as it was because... He was hardly there. And the times he was there, it was just horrific. You know, the eldest two just wanted him out. They wanted him dead. You know, they quite often said to me, Mommy, get him out. Mommy, we want him to die. Um, and I went to social services, actually, 2015. Um, and I said, then, look, I went to my midwife, actually. And I said, look, this is what's happening. I need some help. And I don't know who to turn to. I don't know who I can trust. But this can't go on anymore because I fear for the safety yeah. so she got social services involved and they were to be fair were good but my ex said to me they wrote a report and he he was fuming because he said right i sound like a right ogre you know and um and that's what i call him now ogre so <laughs> you know he, he gave me that word that yeah the report and he said he said right if you don't tell social services it was just your pregnancy hormones and if you don't tell them you know, you just overreacted. I will make up lies and I'll get the children taken off you. He said, they'll go into care. So I just, in the end, and he said, oh, I'll get the help, I'll get better. So, um, in the end... The whole, I'll, I'll change, I'll do things differently. Yeah. You know, I won't do it again. And, I mean, it no. That's, the, that's how and, it starts off with the lies and the promises that they can never keep. And... That's right. And then the report got changed and then I was too scared then to speak up because I knew the abuse was going on. Mm. And I was afraid I would be in trouble as well because it was very hard. But he said, you know, if you ever said anything, if you ever speak up, I will get you shot. I will get you killed. I will take, um, I'll take the kids to Africa where he was raised, mm. Southern Africa. And um, if you went to go and find the children, you'll be shot and you'll be killed. So and obviously he gave me threats anyway a lot of threats online even on facebook that i'm going to kill you or and there were posted put up very sly that people would see the funny side yeah. but i knew from what he was saying and the way he led up to it, it was um you know it was a direct threat to me so it was very abusive to me and controlling but to the children it was worse you know we'd call them names like pansy gay wet fat thin you know, you should be dead, you shouldn't be alive, you aren't even my child. And, and they were his children, you know. Mm. He was saying, you know, I can't even believe you're my child. So he wasn't just doing the physical abuse, it was the emotional and the mental torture as well? Yeah, it was everything to the children. He wasn't physical to me, to be fair. Mm. I mean, he did throw things around and he did intimidate me. And he did actually grab my limbs a lot, which were hard, which he did to the kids as well. And it does hurt. He would get you in special places and it really hurt. Um, and he did that to the kids as well. And then my daughter said, you know, I can't even hold my plate. You know, my arm's going to drop. You know, they've got diaries. The children have got diaries of what went on. They've got videos. Um, and the courts just don't want to see them. So the court started 2000 and 2017, eventually. Second time I'd had enough. So I got the police involved then. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, the police did remove him out of the house. That's, 
that's kind of leading me on to my next question. So, um, what happened when things were taken to the courts? Then, how did they start to? What did they want to put in place? Did they put any protective orders in place, or did they have like supervised visits or anything like that? Did they have any sort of plan that? They yeah. Well, when he was arrested, one of the things was child abuse. So my daughter did a statement. Um, my son wasn't allowed because of his autism. Um, actually, he could have been allowed. It was just that's what I was told at the time. It was just an excuse. Yeah. And there was lots of hacking. So he hacked my devices. He hacked my daughter's device. Um, and then he did start off having supervision because that's what social said. Um, but the social worker that was involved to begin with knew him from his country in Africa. So he got him working on that case, you know, three days after he was arrested or something, that work had just started in that office. He lived an hour away, but they're from the same place in Zimbabwe and my ex-father-in-law worked with him. And I complained and they just said, no, there's no connection. There's, you can't change a social worker. So he lied in the reports. He said there was no abuse. He didn't liaise with the police. He didn't look at the police statements. He just said, no, he's fine to have any unsupervision when he does a triple P parenting course. You know, and I said, well, what about a domestic violence perpetrators program? Sorry? What was that, sorry? The, the triple P thing that you just mentioned, what was that? It's triple P parenting is positive. I can't remember what it stands for now. But it's just a parenting. It wasn't court order, no, this was social services. So he had to have, um, he had to have it supervised until he'd done this course and an anger management course, but he never did that, actually. So in the end, I didn't want the children to go to a contact centre, so I supervised in a public place. So I thought, right, I'll, you know, hopefully he'll get the help and they'll see that mummy and daddy can still parent together. Um, and still get on, but, you know, he had other plans. He knew how the system worked, and from then he was doing things for the children to make them not want to see him. So he'd stalk the children, he would lie to them, he would make them scared of going to his house. Um, and then he, he did that on purpose to get it to court, to them to say, look, she's I've got this report from social service to say I can see the children, mm. and she's... She's the one who stopped it. So when it comes to the court... everybody he could possibly manipulate. He was twisting things back on you, making you yeah. look like you were making everything up. You, you were the psycho that... You know, you yeah, because the report said there was no abuse. No abuse to the children. Only you used to tap one child on the head. But it wasn't a tap. You know, it was a big, full, hard blow. Open hand, but hard on the top of the head. Was there ever any... Um... Like physical examinations of the kids, like maybe like bruises or anything like that that maybe doctors have seen or that you know anything that was recorded. No, I do have photos because I was trying over years to get the evidence, and I thought the photos and the video evidence of the aftermath would be enough. So I did video the kids afterwards, yeah. um, just holding my phone so they didn't know I was recording them, yeah. but to try and get the evidence over the years. And I have got all these videos, but nobody is interested in looking at them. Yeah, because you mentioned when we had our video call just before, you know, obviously we were going over the questions and stuff, you mentioned that there was um, a fact-finding um, 
portfolio, so to speak, like uh, everything that you had against him. And when you got to court, they basically was, they basically said, no, we're not going to take the fact findings from you. We're not going to listen to what anything you've got to say. Yeah. Um, so I mean, the fact finding. Yeah, the fact finding should have been. As as far as the when there's domestic abuse anyway, and there's abuse, the fact finding should be straight away. But the courts didn't want it straight away. So the court started 2017. We didn't have the fact finding until this year, February this year. So three and a half years on, and we should have had it earlier on. So we've had like two psychologists. There's been numerous reports. Every report, it's just a knock-on effect. So you get the report, then they read the last report and think that's real. Mm. And then it's just a knock-on effect. And when you read the court bundles, the seven Libra Arch folders, and it doesn't read like it's our case at all. There's no mention of the abuse, no mention of the guns, no mention of hitting on the heads or the psychological abuse, the gaslighting, the emotional abuse. There's no mention of it. And which that's why, actually, in 2019... Yeah, sorry, you're really quiet. I can't hear. <laughs> and then in um, 2019, because they weren't listening to me, and he was still playing a game with the children, trying to frighten them. And Kafkas were complicit in this as well. You know, we used to turn up for contact, and um, it would be cancelled. And they would say, "Well, you've cancelled your contact." I'm like, "Well, I haven't cancelled. It was him cancelling my contacts, and it was Kafkas as well joining in with it." doing it as well so i'd book in a contact and then they'd say no um the center's closed today so i'd go over and i'd be like well it's open and the, the supervisors were there themselves and it was just every night every, it was just framing me all the time so you even had the evidence to it and the solicitors say well you can't submit that evidence it's not part of the proceedings but then you're blamed for not having the contact yeah. so, so for anyone it, that doesn't know what is Kafkas are the children. What does it stand for? <laughs> children of Family Court and Social Services, something like that. Family Court. Something like that. So they're the eyes, they're supposed to be the eyes and ear of the children yeah. for the court. So they're supposed to work with the children, but they don't, they don't no. listen to. The children have been seen by this guardian. Yeah. One of them's been seen three times in four years. One of them's missing once, and the other two twice in four years. And she's horrid. She's so mani She's similar to him, and even my daughter could pick that up. She's so manipulative, and the way she's asked the questions, like I've got some recorded that I've put on my page, and the way she asks the question, she puts words in their mouths and doesn't listen to them. Yeah. Um, it's horrible. So because they weren't listening in 2019, I, um, and I see the kids getting worse, I escaped to Spain. Escaped, yeah, yeah, sorry, it went a bit foggy then. Yeah, and then unfortunately... You took the kids over with you at one point, didn't you? And then you, yeah. Um, yeah, they were living in Spain for 10 months. 10 months, and then you were ordered... Am I right? Am I, I've got this wrong, but were you ordered to go back with the children? Yes, but so we had lockdown in Spain as well. The children were in school and they were thriving. They were the happiest they've ever been. Yeah. You know, the change in them was immense. Mm. 
and um, yes, I had to go to court, and it was all in Spanish. So I took a friend with me who was um, bilingual, and he tried. I could understand pretty much the gist of what they were saying, but um, and I answered some of the questions in Spanish. It was difficult, but they were a lot more organised than the English courts. You know, it, it was. Yeah, it was a lot better. But then, even then, you know, they just said, "Well, no return to the father. If they return to England, only to the mother or social services." And when I left for Spain, the courts in England transferred the resident the day after to the dad, so they'd never had any unsupervised access to the dad ever. And then they transferred the residents to him. Um, he's never had all of them together ever. So, and then they changed that. Allowed to be alone with the father, but then they allowed them to go yeah. with the father anyway. Yeah, no contact with me. That's what the order was. The day after I'd fled, and then they knew. Then once they realised I was in Spain, they then issued a care order to take all four into foster care. But they had no concerns with me. That was the thing. In all the reports, it says there's no concerns with the mother. The police said they wouldn't arrest me because they said there's mother's done it to flee to to protect her children. Um, so Spain said no return to the father, only to social services or the mother. But now, you know, they want them to go live with their father. So are they still in um, foster care at the moment? They are. And they're not all together, are they? They've been split up and like. No, they're blaming my eldest daughter as well for influencing them, but she's not. She's just protecting them. Yeah, she's protecting she's them, and she does doing everything she can to keep them safe because she's the oldest in that scenario. Yeah, and she's always been their voice because my son with autism could never speak, so he was hit on the head a lot, but he couldn't verbalise what was what was going on. So she was his voice. Um, so she feels very protective over them all. And now she's banned from seeing all of them. She hasn't seen them for three months. Guys, can you hear me a bit better now? Someone's just said they can barely hear me. I'm like, you know, yeah. Headphones on. Can you hear me better now? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me better now? It's because I had my fan on. <laughs> Dear me. It's not even that hot today. I've still got it on anyway. I just, I can't cope without a fan anymore. <laughs> it's cold. I still have it on. Um... Yeah, so there's many people that will sit here and say that, you know, um, people like us or people like yourself in the situation that you're in will um, blame all men for being the same. They will say that mm. all men are abusive to foster children and that they are domestic abusers and that all men are bad and should never have access to the children. That for anybody who is listening, that is not what we are saying. This is not what we are no. doing. We know some some men are blamed as well, aren't they, in this situation? It, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's. I think the women. The assumption is that women do lie, and you know, there's not. We exaggerate, or I don't know, but there are some men that have been through the system, and it's the same because it has to work for some cases, and it has to be bad for some cases. And some women are abusers. You know, some women are the bad one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not. Um, there's lots of men that have been wronged by the system as well. And they pick on the victim, don't they, I think? Yeah. To draw the, to draw the proceedings out. Mm. 
And the problem is a lot of the judges, the CAFCAS, the social workers, are abusers themselves. Mm-hmm. And when you know abuse, you can pick it up quite quickly. Yeah. When you've been through it and you've experienced it yourself, you know yeah. and you spot those warning signs very easily. Very easily, yeah. Even my daughter. So hard to ignore them when you see them because you, you can't see something that you know is wrong. No. People don't necessarily know, but then you can't go away to walk away and ignore it. And if you can walk away and ignore it, you need to have a serious word with yourself because it's people like you that need to do the right thing by coming forward. And it, you know, I always say, see something, say something. There's that you know famous saying, don't ignore something. If your instincts are telling you that something's wrong, with a family friend, um, a family member, just someone that's in the street, you say something, you bring attention to it you don't just ignore it you don't walk away from it because the best thing to do is to say something and bring attention to the issue and if you uh, your accusations are wrong then all you've done is slightly offended someone or maybe you know really offended somebody but you could have you could possibly save someone's life save a child's life Um. coming forward and you know drawing attention to the issue but if you ignore it you don't know what's going on behind closed doors no so now I saw one the other week actually and there was a couple on their bike and he was really laying into the woman and I just it took me right back I was like straight away I was like I feel for you but they were they weren't they were going quite quickly on their bikes but yeah. you can just spot it straight away mm. but the judges and everything and the workers you know they just think it's normal because that's their normal way of thinking isn't it when you think like that mm. it's normal to behave that way but it just needs a complete reform, doesn't it? The whole system needs a complete overhaul. It needs normal humans. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how to... But humans, people that have... Um, empathy. Aid. Yeah, people that have emotions, that have empathy, that care for children and the, you know, the mothers or the fathers, whichever is in the position that they're being... Um, you know, everything's being twisted back on them. Um, and you need people that aren't in positions of power, like like um, you know judges and court officials and solicitors and lawyers that aren't being paid to be doing the completely opposite thing, opposite of the right. Yeah. And they need um, split families up, and it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. It really is. They need to be held accountable as well. So if things do go wrong, and if there is perjury, yeah. like there's so much perjury that's gone on. In my case and other cases, you know, there's about eight or nine people that I want to take for perjury. And I've told the solicitors, they're like, well, we can't do that. But, so you're allowed to lie in court? And that, well, I, they're allowed to why? lie in court and split up a family with a, from a mother that has done yeah. absolutely everything she can to protect her children. And, yeah. you know, they can't do that. that blows and they've got no concerns with mental health, no concerns from my parenting, you know, alcohol, drugs, there's nothing. Yeah, it's just because because well, you've lost your father haven't you um and i can't even begin to say how sorry i am for that like just everything you've been to full stop and then obviously losing your father through it all as well that's it the kids have lost that's they've not taken that into account you know they've lost their granddad mm-hmm. from the family court and they've lost their nan they're not allowed to see their nan as well because what happened with my dad when i was in spain they were revengeful me so they issued a non-molestation order i didn't even know it was my name that was on it because i didn't accept the order and it had my mum and dad's name on it 
And all the normalisation order was for was because my dad was trying to sort out the house and the bills and everything. With me, he was working with Max, trying to sort things through and be neutral. He was very gentle. And he just said, well, I know you've bought four beers down the shop lately. And that's all he mentioned in passing. And for that, he said he felt harassed and he felt scared that he knew his shopping habits. And they ordered a non-molestation order. And that broke my dad's heart. And then a couple of weeks after that, he had a stroke. He was grasping at straws. Let's be honest. He's trying to get every single bit of control he can. He's trying yeah. to just gain that control back that he thinks that he's losing. By yeah. And my dad was 79. He did have cancer, mm. but he didn't die of the cancer. So he was at the end of his life anyway. And, you know, somebody was that low. You know, my ex was that low to do an order on him. That just broke him. And he died. I couldn't go to his funeral because I was in Spain with the kids. So we did have a Zoom. We did manage to do it there, the Zoom. But it wasn't very nice. You know, how someone can stoop that low and... And the judge as well, the judge knew this order. We didn't get time to chance to contest this order because um, it was done ex parte. And then there was another hearing done, which they did, still didn't know about it. And then they just got this issue ordered on them. Issue ordered on, order issued on them. And um, <laughs> I can't even speak. And um, even the, the, you know, the sister said, this is just unlawful. And then he sent a message to them because they had it in the post, this order, and they had to sign for it. And then he sent a message to them saying, I see you've received this non-molestation order. Well, that's a breach straight away. So you can't be scared if you sent them a message. Yeah, you're not that scared if you're you know, going to speak to us. If you don't want us to speak to you, then it should be the same. same yeah, the and they way. couldn't go a mile within their house. So it was a mile radius. So their shops, the pharmacy, their school friends have known all their lives. They just stopped their lives completely for a year. Guys, if you've got um, any questions that you want um, Helen to answer, just drop them below. I think I've seen that Sam, Samantha Baldwin's on. Um, I think I saw a comment earlier. Hi, Sam, if you are on. Um, you are the person that actually introduced me to Helen in a way because I saw... Yeah, it has been live. And I was just like, I have to help, you know, do my part in helping you get your story out there to the people that are following CPP. And I just wanted to reach out to you straight away and I think the day after we actually um started messaging so I see yeah she's there still yeah, she's there. um I mean your story is very similar to Sam's and you've talked about that on you know the interview that you two did together um so if anybody everybody wants to go and check that out it is on is it on your profile and Sam I know it is on Sam's but it's on Sam's profile mainly I've shared it but it's mainly on hers and her YouTube channel yeah and her Facebook but it's just the things how you're framed as well. You know, the court, they know it's going on and they know it's happening. Yeah. But it's just, they just protect the abuser. Mm -hmm. And everything you do, you cannot do anything right. No. You know, and they, they've just got this free reign to carry on their abuse. Yeah. All the time. And it's not just abuse from them, it's abuse from the professionals that you get. Mm -hmm. And the kids now are being brainwashed. This is part of the therapy they're supposed to have to say that they had none of this abuse. You know, the guns are all made up. It was all in their mum's head. They weren't hit. Um, their dad loves them. And all the mum is just revengeful 
and she hates your dad you know and they haven't taken into account that actually i did supervise him when he was arrested i did try for the kids even after the abuse and everything i didn't have to do that but it was him that made it me stop the contact again to get it to court it's all been a very very clever manipulative thing because that's i mean going to, from you know your, to your midwife then to the social services and to the courts and it's so hard i mean i've not been in that position myself as a mother because i'm not a mother but i can only imagine how difficult it is to want to go to those people to get the help that you needed to you know get justice for your children protect your children and yourself and not be able to trust anybody that you know anything that that's coming out of their mouths isn't the truth and that they've got ulterior yeah. motives and they're being you know paid off to do completely illegal things behind the scenes that people don't see but that you are seeing happening to you and your children yeah. every day like not being able to trust people i mean i can't even begin to imagine how hard that is no and the children as well they they just They've got no trust in adults, bless them. I mean, luckily, there are amazing schools. Mm-hmm. The younger three, especially, are getting brilliant support from their schools. Um, and they've said, you know, they've just not, since they stopped the contact with me, they've just completely changed. They've got no self-esteem. You know, one of my boys is acting very violently now. Mm-hmm. Actually, both of them are very violent, to be honest. One's headbutting the wall a lot, one with autism. And, you know, he's just ranting, you know, why can't I see my mum? You know, my dad's the one who's hurt me. My mum's never hurt me. Mm. You know, why am I doing this? Why isn't he in prison? You know, I've got recordings of him saying all this. as well. Um, and my son's just got, yeah, he's got no self-esteem, bless him. He's a very homeboy. He loves his sister he can't see. Um, and he's being locked in a room with his dad. I don't know if they're still doing this at the minute because I'm not liaising with the court and haven't read anything. I know they were locking him in a room with his abuser and lying to say, you know, you're seeing your mom. And it's not me, it was his dad. So, yeah, Sam Sam was just saying that they tried the brainwashing with her boys as well. Told them that mum is confused. So, again, they're, they're not only turning everybody else that's an adult against you, but they're also then turning, trying to turn the children against you as well. And even though yeah. the children know the truth and they know that it was daddy that's hurt them and not mummy, and that mummy's done everything to protect them, yeah. they're doing everything they can to then twist that and turn them the other way. Yeah, it's just... Children have been through enough already and then being told that the one person that's protected them is the yeah. person that's confused and that's made, them, made it all up. I mean, those beautiful poor children... I don't think my boys will actually listen to them. They'll... The one with autism won't. He won't understand that work. And the other one, he, the youngest one will, bless her. But um, the boys won't. Yeah, but they're young. Saving this and sharing it for later, yeah, don't worry. Um, yeah, and if everyone can share, I mean, I'll post it as soon as we're finished. And um, I'll need everybody who's watched it or that sees this and watches it, you know, on Catch Up Later to share this, please, on any platform you can. Um, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, share it to your friends and family, help educate people of what's going on. Yeah, it's not just us, you know, there's been so many women, and I've had so many messages, yes, it's happening to me as well, this has happened to me. Yeah. And you're gagged and you, you, you're not allowed to speak. You know, you're blamed and shamed if you speak, but, that you know. That would be my final question, actually. What would, 
what kind of it i mean i know it's hard to kind of because you can kind of look back at things now and maybe think that there's certain things you might have wanted to do different at the time but in hindsight it is easier for you to say that because obviously you can look back now and think i maybe should have done that different but at the time in the position that you were in you knew that you were doing absolutely everything you could that was for your children and for your safety as well um is there anything that you might any bit of advice that you might um you know give people that are going through the similar situation that you are or that you have been through and are still going through i think from day one is to record every conversation with every worker and the children, not to leave the children alone with these workers. Have a witness. Yeah. You know, they they have a right to have an advocate, but make sure it's somebody that's trusted. Yeah. Yeah. So record you know, not everything. Just, Absolutely. Even if you yeah. think it's not um, applicable or not going to be useful, record it. Um, yeah, I wish I had some of my early ones recorded because the worker said, you know, he is dangerous. Even supervised, he is dangerous. Mm. And they know. They know the truth. Mm. So yeah, record absolutely everything. Um, and just get the evidence, even a private investigator to follow them to do anything to prove what they're doing. Yeah. And then supervised contact as well. But it should be all recorded because what he said to the kids supervised was what was harming them. Mm. But he would be clever and he'd play hide and seek and he'd get them out of earshot. Or, you know, the workers, they're not trained on abuse. They're not trained to how to look for these. They're just there, you know, they're students or it's a Saturday job and they're just writing reports of what's gone on. They don't write everything that's said down. And there might be something that's very specific. But unless you know the individual, you won't understand it's abuse. Yeah. It's very person-specific. Like I know with mine, they were saying about the guns and he kept saying, well, it was a water pistol. And like, well, mummy said it was a gun because, you know, it, and that's what will be written in the report. Mummy said daddy had guns in his house. It's not the full conversation. That makes it from a child's mouth. They might not word it how an adult would word it or how you would word it personally. Yeah. And it's twisted. They will twist that because it's out, yeah. out the mouth of a child and they can't take those things seriously because it might not be said oh, no yeah. and it's just the gaslighting mm -hmm. yeah. that's what is very hard to understand mm -hmm. these abusers are that clever so yeah it does all need to be recorded yeah. one last thing i will say is speak out if you have people trying to silence you the coach trying to silence you the abuser whether you are male or female you know the other parent trying to silence you with court orders or whatever speak out reach out to people like myself people like yeah. children yourself you know accounts like us that are trying to raise awareness on these issues speak you know reach out to people like us and we will help you have your voice because that's that's it because there's so many of us you know i'd love to know the figures of how many this has happened to you know it... we'll never know that number will we because there's you know there's people like yourself who are speaking out on it but there's those people that have absolutely no means or ways of being able to do that and they will stay silent forever yeah my heart breaks for those people and it's that's why we're doing this is to help people like that you know that's it or they will say the courts will say well you can have a little bit of contact like they'll give you a, 
once a week or twice a week or something but with mine they just stopped it completely and they said it will only be short time I thought well even so you know you're doing this way and this isn't right they wanted me to tell the children that I exaggerated their dad didn't do anything wrong and to be in happy families with the dad and show them like and I was like I can't I'm not lying to my children that's abusive in itself to say oh this didn't happen to you so I thought no I can't I'm not doing that I'd rather just because if anything happened to the children I would never live with myself because he's capable of killing them you know he's going to lose the plot he will get these children and he won't be able to handle them and just the anger he has and the lashing out he has it will just end in a disaster you know you'll do it out of revenge that prays, pray for Helen's children pray for all the children out there like all the children all yeah the children, pray, pray to whatever god you need to pray to um I think there's been many children killed from court order contact, hasn't there? There's been yeah, um, the throttle case is a big one as well. And everybody check out the Women's Coalition. Um, they share stories pretty much every day, to be honest, like this, where um, children are being ripped from their innocent parents. And it's not just always the innocent mothers, it's the innocent fathers as well, like we said earlier. Yeah. And, um, the person that you know the parent that the children have been taken from the innocent one has asked for the police to go and check on the children because they haven't heard from them in so many days and they turn up at the property and the children are either missing or are dead because of the abusive parent and there's this is happening more than people realize i didn't realize when i first started looking into this how often it happens and then when i found out how often it is happening it actually made me physically sick to my stomach and I was yeah. I was ill for a few days because the idea that it's happening so, so often is absolutely heartbreaking and people need to know about these things. They need to be mm -hmm. made aware. And, and they say, oh, we'll learn, we'll learn from these mistakes, but they've got no intention of learning. This system makes so much money. Yeah. And the problem is it's who, who the customers are that want the children to be in this that traumatise, that they accept abuse. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it comes from very high up. Um, well, I think I'm going to get kicked off. It's telling me I've got a timer of two minutes. Oh, really? Okay. A bit aggressive, but okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I will share this. As soon as I'm off here, I will save it and share it. Um, and then, yeah, we'll share it everywhere we can. And get this yeah, just someone said leaked footage from the USA of cash for kids. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I they were. And, and and I would encourage people before I finish, just before the timer runs out, that to do your research, Google things, Google the corruption of family courts, Google everything you can. Go onto Helen's profile, Samantha Baldwin's profile, um, Lizzie Hardy and Weinstein's profile. Do your research. Yeah educate people that you you know you spend time with your family your friends you know your work colleagues do your part to be a voice for the voiceless and do everything you can to get this, these stories out there because the more that people speak up the better chance that's it i know loads in my hometown there's loads of us mm -hmm. you know the amount of women that i know and even some fathers so yeah um but they are trying to um block my accounts i think well, yeah, I think so, that's what they tried to do with me earlier, and I was absolutely livid. It was literally about yeah. 
three minutes to seven and I went to go on the app to get a reception set up and ready and I couldn't even get onto it and I was absolutely livid. I must have deleted it and reinstalled it about ten times. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, oh my god, I've waited all week for this and then oh it's just typical. But we got there in the uh, Yeah. So my account will still be I will still talk on other platforms or I'll keep coming back or keep coming back. Yeah. And I won't give up. No. You know, I've done nothing wrong. I haven't mentioned the names, the faces, the workers' names, anything. I'm still I'm just talking. But for their safety I've kept them um yeah i've kept them hidden in a way yeah not that they deserve it but you're being the bigger person by doing that and you can see yeah. your story then and it, they can't shut you up so let them try no it's a freedom of speech you know everybody's right to have a freedom of speech and actually now the court i had four solicitors in the whole four years the courts have sacked three of them the courts have actually fired three of my solicitors like, I sat here and I only just realised that today because I tried to phone my solicitor and I was like, what? What on earth? <laughs> but yeah, well, it so needs to go. Um... I really appreciate it. And you, I mean, your bravery is inspiring, it really is. And it will be inspiring to other people that are coming through the same you know, position in themselves. Yeah, people need to come forward and yeah. speak their stories, even if it's anonymously. You know, we need to know how many this has touched and it needs to get a big hashtag trend in. Yeah. We'll keep fighting. But you're a warrior. Keep going. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Look after yourself and I'll uh, speak to you again soon. Thank okay, you thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I will hopefully be making interviews like these a regular thing and they will also be posted on my Facebook page and my Instagram as well. If you'd like to see more about what it is that I do, you can head over to my website which is childprotectionproject.co.uk where you will also find a link to all my social medias. Thank you.